Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by top London radio DJ and certified Japanophile, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how you doing? I'm all right, mate. What's going on with you? I've decided to have a new character, Cockney Pete, who talks a bit like this, uh, and he's uh, finding out what's in Chris's head. <laughs> that is my quest. He sounds... He sounds a little bit rapey, and oh, I don't know if I'm not sure. I'm <laughs> I not agree sure with he needed character. that. I'm not sure he needed that word. <laughs> Outrageous! It's a little. You just sound creepy. Yeah, well, you know, no. I'm a creepy guy. I mean, if you if you walk past me in the street, you that's probably one of the adjectives you use. <laughs> that creepy boy. <laughs> oh, you're doing yourself a disservice. Actually, not even adjective, just noun. That man is just creep, Mister Creep. <laughs> Mr. Creep. Good old Mr. Creep. Creeping about. New nickname. Yeah. Up there with Donnie. Aye, definitely. Donnie and Mr. Creep. Another another weird opening to the podcast yep. in which we incriminate you and mm. give you an awkward nickname. Exactly. Standard episode for the Abroad Japan podcast. How have you been in general? Good, man. Yeah, busy, busy, busy as we head towards, um, we hurtle towards the end of another year, um, another Christmas. It's just, uh, it, it Christmas, just, work yeah. just ramps up and ramps up. I do like Christmas, but I don't like all of the work that people expect you to do in the first two weeks of uh, December because people want to get and have their Christmas so they insist that you you know do a lot of voiceovers do a lot of radio work it's uh, it's busy but it'll very, be very quiet in January yeah it's the same as um, you know same for YouTubers a lot of YouTubers do this thing called Vlogmas Ooh. where they make vlogs throughout Christmas just because the right. uh, ad revenue is really high because loads of people just you know loads of um, companies spend money on advertising given it's the christmas season yeah. so i've actually got quite a few videos coming out december so i'm working hard this week to get those out um so yeah i'm pretty busy and i'm coming back to the uk as well for a couple of weeks hey. over christmas like i usually do because it's nice to get out of japan for a little bit and uh, christmas is my favorite time of year it's the most wonderful time I of the year <laughs> certainly is but I think it's a little bit out of character for me because I'm quite a cynical unpleasant distasteful individual and yet at Christmas I'm kind of happy and friendly and nice and smiley so mm. yeah I love Christmas yeah, and but... I'll bring you a gift what do you want this year oh, what do you want can I have a, um, a Rolex watch please <laughs> you can have a fake Rolex Yay. watch bought from somewhere like Nak- some little cool. market in Tokyo yeah I'll do that or more likely still You'll get whatever I buy when I'm running through Narita Airport That's how it works. on the way to get into the plane. Those little eggy custard tarts. 
Yeah, Eggy custard tarts and cheap sake. Yep. What more could you want? I um you I was watching your uh, Tsukiji um fish market uh, video that you and Ryotaro oh, yeah. did. Uh and it got me so excited about eating sushi, I went to Sakana Tea, which is some place that you recommended me that I could never get in because the uh, manager is Japanese and quite surly. Um and he would never let us through the doors. But I managed to book a table um and I had some delicious sushi. It was very nice, very old school. Um, I did spot some mice droppings, I think, on the table. I hit to uh, to um, lie below, oh. but I did actually spot something that looked a little unsavoury. But uh, but everything else seemed oh pretty God. clean. I mean, it's London. You 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 see these sort of things every now and again. But uh, it is recommended because okay. the sushi was delicious. Bloody hell! Bloody hell! <laughs> That's shocking. I you know I've I've never had um, I don't think I've ever had sushi in London apart from Yo Sushi. <laughs> terrible. Another another libel there. Uh, a sushi chain that isn't up to the standards that I would normally like. You know, once you've had sushi or authentic Japanese food, it's really hard, mm. particularly in the UK, to find good Japanese food. Um, my rule of thumb is usually if there's no Japanese chef, then it's probably not that good because yeah. they haven't. You know, they don't live up to the standards, uh, the high standards they have over here. So yeah, I, I kind of when I'm back in the UK, I stick to British food, whatever that is. Uh, and avoid just Japanese food in general. To well, that's, be what, that's why. Um, um, and often in London, super prices as well yeah. for the most mediocre dishes. Oh yeah, but I mean, like Sakata so, is um, full of Japanese people. The chef, the manager, Ed, the management—they're all Japanese, and so um, it is very popular with people who, who come over uh, to work or whatever or, or for holidays and stuff. But um, it is very old school, and they do have that thing where you know when bars uh, and restaurants put old bottles of wine out. Like old um, yeah. empty bottles of wine, and maybe they've got a receptacle for the, for the corks, and they think that looks good. Um, this one yeah. goes a step further, and like cans of like Red Stripe and Stella, they've washed them out and just put them on the side. Which <laughs> is really funny. Little wow. bottles of like Tiger beer and Asahi and stuff. They just like I can understand like a nice decorative sake bottle, but uh, yeah, a, a, a can of a can of like. Um, Stella Artois, wow. empty. It's not really uh, such not really style, there, is there? Isn't right. this um, this this restaurant Sakana Te? Literally, mm. I think that means fish stop. Right. Uh, um, I, need to, I need to read what the kanji is for te. But um, is it like a pricey sushi? Yeah, restaurant? it's very expensive. Uh, it's like uh, fifty. And they've got empty cans of empty like, beer. <laughs> yeah, it's like I quite like it. It's a little mishmash, isn't it? Of uh, of of very old school. It's been there for like. 40 years or something so it's a real fan favourite so right but and and, and all of the yeah. tables were uh, reserved apart from ours so lovely old job I, I recommend it wonderful mm. yeah well the the the, the, uh, the fish at Skiji Market mm. still pretty amazing even though the market's obviously kind of been separated in half the wholesale market in Toyosu and the the good bit the outer market is still very much there in Skiji but uh, yeah the fish still fantastic with some really nice stuff there at the standing sushi bar Around the corner. Delicious. Um, I I had uh, yakitori grilled chicken for dinner today. Nice. And uh, yeah, but I did this weird thing. <laughs> I did, yeah, I did this weird um, thing where I think how can I explain it? I um I spent all day inside basically working on a video in my apartment. Then I went outside, got the fried chicken, got the yakitori grilled chicken, whatever. And uh, at the till, when I was asking the woman to kind of get the chicken because it's in the little heated grill at right, the front. Yeah. I kind of panicked. I, I, my mind went blank. Um, and I just sort of stood there going, um, uh, uh, and she sort of looking at me like, 
who is this weird foreign guy that often <laughs> comes into this store asking for chicken? Why doesn't he remember Japanese? And I just sort of, my mind froze up, and it's really odd. Um, I, I find that, I know, sometimes I forget that I'm in Japan. It yeah. sounds weird, but if you do spend like an entire day in your apartment, and in my apartment, I, there's not a lot that really gives away that I am in Japan, apart from maybe the um, Shoji sliding door. I watch um, English TV and films. I listen to English podcasts and music, and I kind of live and breathe uh, a kind of English world. And then you open the door, bang, you're in Japan. And it's quite a weird sensation. It's quite hard to explain. I love your... But, um, um, maybe it's because I spend a lot of time indoors editing, yeah. or maybe it's because I'm a little bit weird. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> the internet, yeah, the it's, internet, it's kind of an odd sensation. The internet is the window on, on the world. I like that you've set up a little sort of British embassy for yourself. And then I'm in Japan. <laughs> It's fun, it's, you know. I do, I do forget that I'm in Japan and how awesome that is. Um, but I'm not alone, you know. Most foreigners that I know that live here, they do live like that. You know, you go in their apartment and uh, they've kind of brought their country with them. And yeah, I think it's a good thing. But um, yeah, weird situation. Mm. But for the most part, that doesn't happen. It's just <laughs> on certain days, and maybe it's because today I haven't drunk as much coffee as I should have. Um, certainly, no cold brew coffee today. No. Um, today, though. We dive into the fax machine. It's been building up with your comments, questions, emails, stories, ladies and gentlemen. As always, keep them coming to a Born Japan podcast at gmail.com. Let's dive in. What have we got, Mr. Donaldson? Um, well, uh, we've got uh, an email from, uh, I think it's um, Gamer. Gamer. Hello, Gamer. Uh, from Jakarta in Indonesia. Gamer. I really want to visit Jakarta. Uh, thank you for the video on the podcast. It really helped me when I went to Japan in winter 2016, summer 2018, and also fall 2019. In 2018, there is one experience I will never forget. When I was in a Japanese kombini buying some drink uh, and a snack, uh, I paid the cashier after uh, they asked me, do I need a bag, which I answered with passable Japanese, no thanks. Um, suddenly he asks me, are you from Spain? It made me speechless. Why? Why Spain? I'm really sure I'm not from Spain and I don't really look like a Spaniard. <laughs> do you know what's going on between Japan and Spain that uh, this question arises? Thank you, stay cool. Uh, Jema, um, a gamer, I, I, I don't know, to be honest. Uh, Chris, have you got any ideas about how one might look Spanish? Well, I can now reveal. Oh. I've literally no idea why this <laughs> happened. Um, this sort of thing seems to happen quite a lot. Remember a few months ago, there was the guy who sent in their story. He was walking through like um, Asakusa mm. and going to the temple and someone just randomly walked up to him and said, Oh, are you from Spaghetti Junction in Birmingham? Oh yes. And our, you know, our listener was like, "What are you on about? Why are you here? Why are you asking me weird questions?" <laughs> so I don't know. It's one of those random things that I don't quite understand. Um, I, th- I don't think by simply uh, saying no to getting a carrier bag in a Japanese shop that means you're Spanish. Mm. Don't know. <laughs> what do you make of it? I, do, I mean, I, I, I always feel very uncomfortable when people. Um, uh, kind of suggest are you from this place are you from that place it's always fraught with danger I don't think anybody should really be doing it I remember a Polish bloke uh, I was with a friend who's mixed race and uh, American from Texas and we were having a we were having a bit of food and, and the guy behind the um, selling the you know probably like yakitori sort of chicken Polish guy I think he was certainly he's an European went uh, are you uh, you uh, a mix are you a mix to her like so are you a mixed race it's like why are you do- like? Well, why are you doing this? It's so weird. It's such a weird kind of uh, thing to ask or thing to say. I mean, you know. Well, if you're in Japan, you have to get used to it yeah. quickly and to some extent. I um, 
most people just think I'm American when I walk into anywhere. Mm. You will find um, you do wear a stand- as a standard. Uh, well, if you're like a white foreigner in Japan, you are just automatically American. <laughs> yeah. Then you have to kind of be like, no, no, Harry Potter, innit? And they're like, oh, yeah, Harry Potter, England. Done. <laughs> um, they just assume you're American. Just because I think that's by virtue of the fact that uh, most foreign folks in Japan, uh, white foreign folks, are American. So it's kind of a yeah, safe yeah, bet. Yeah, yeah. To mm. go for that, but uh, yeah, it can be a little bit annoying when it happens every day for seven years. Uh, but no, sorry, <laughs> Gemma, we uh, gamer, we don't know why that is. I'm gonna have to do some research there and work out why no. carrier bags in Japan equals Spain. Uh, yeah. I've got one from uh, Mikey who says, "Hello, hello, Mister VIP De Big and Mister Coolish. I hope you're both well." Yes, Ooh. I'm Mister VIP De Big. Yeah, don't where, know why I get that, that. Come from. Don't know, but I'm mm. taking it. Okay, dokie. Better than Mr. Coolish. Yeah. Well, after a cheap ice cream. <laughs> My name is Mikey, and I listen to the Everyone Japan podcast while working nights restocking shells for Waitrose when I'm not wading through a sea of canned vegetables and baking ingredients by night by day. I'm studying to become a voiceover artist. Ooh. If Pete could throw some advice my way, that would be very good and much appreciated. My question, though, is to both of you. What is something you're proud of but never have an excuse to talk about? Thank you again, and I hope you have a great rest of the week. Mikey. Uh, first things first, advice Mr. Donaldson on voiceovers and speaking and um, coolish. Voiceovers, I think, are one of those things that people think is very easy, but I think you've got to put in quite a lot of air miles. Um I think don't be disheartened if you get a few knockbacks because right. I have listened back to the first few uh, voiceover jobs I did and I always sort of think, how the hell did I get this job? Because I was awful at it. I'm still pretty awful at it. But yeah, I, I think um, no, you are I think not. when you first get started, you get quite a few knockbacks. Uh, but keep at it and you know, stay, in still, stay in school, kids. But uh, yeah. Staying in school. Staying in school. <laughs> what is? What do you need to be a voiceover artist? Do you need a special kind of like voice for it? Is there like a qualification I'd... or like a, just a natural kind of voice that you you look for when it comes to? I it? mean, I'm very sort of. Uh, I got my job simply because I'm from the northeast, and people from the northeast don't necessarily. Mm. Um, they're, they're quite. It's quite a friendly accent. It's quite jovial. It's a little bit like um, somebody from the like the, the 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 south in America. It's quite a. It's not known as as being a learned accent. It's not um, received pronunciation. It's not RP. Um, it's not fancy in any way. So people use them quite a lot for voiceovers because um, it's just a, a friendly accent. But um, yeah, we could be like I, I think that's the only reason why I ever got any kind of career in voiceovers and just I, it was just the look of the draw, really, look of my accent. So do not be afraid to ham up your accent to sound a bit more. I'm going to say common. <laughs> yeah, just sound like Pete. yeah, exactly friendly accent, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Do you have something that you're proud of but never have an excuse to talk about? That's quite a personal question, yeah. isn't it? And quite, quite a good question. Uh, it's going to take me a little bit of time to work that one out. Yeah, I, and I'm hoping you've got an answer right no, now. No, well, that's a problem. I, 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 I have quite... Um, I don't have a lot of self-esteem, but I'm not really necessarily proud of anything. <laughs> and, and I think talking about it, it's, it's very... It's not the British way, is it? I mean, Mikey's clearly no. from Britain, but I mean, yeah, it's not the British way to boast, is it? So, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's 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 all it's always awkward for me when I go to networking events. I've always been very bad at networking. When I was at my university, University of Kent in the UK, yeah. I used to do like student enterprise events and I did networking and 
you know, you're in a room with like 100 people and you just go around to exchange business cards. I always found it really awkward. And I didn't have anything going for me at the time as well. And if you have nothing of interest to sell to anyone, then people just sort of walk off to the sandwiches and just leave you standing alone. Mm. Uh, but these days, you know, I've, I'm in a good position because I've got the Abroad Japan channel and I've had a pretty decent kind of career over the last seven years. But still, because of the way we are in the UK, where you can't ever talk about your achievements or success without feeling a little bit of a dick, uh, I don't really big myself up. Yep. So often if people don't know who I am when I walk into a room, and that sounds pretentious, but if I go to a meeting or whatever and I don't, people don't know who I am, I don't sell what I'm doing. I just go, ah, oh, you know, they're like, what do you do? And I say, oh, I'm a YouTuber. Mm. And they go, oh, yeah, great, <laughs> bye then. Yeah. And what I should be saying is oh, I've made a channel that, has been watched by 150 million people. I've produced 200 videos. I've built a kind of social media empire, as it were. You I'm know, friends with I've Pete done Donaldson. Right. I've done pretty well. I've, I've met the great Pete yeah, Donaldson exactly. and got a shout out from Brian Cranston and <laughs> stuff like that. You know, and Dwayne the Rock Johnson on Twitter. Yeah, Look at that on the on my resume. Damn straight. Done. But um, I don't do that, and I I really should. I've got this. Um, uh, I'm teaching a class on uh, YouTube. YouTube being being a successful YouTuber uh, in uh, in Tokyo, I think is thinks next week uh, Temple University. Cool. And um, yeah, I've got to try and think about it there. How I'm going to present the start of it. Everything I've got to kind of sum up my entire career in like five minutes yeah. or whatever. And uh, yeah, I've got to try and do that. But again, the British person in me, the Britishness in me, doesn't want to kind of be proud about anything I've done. I don't want to play it up because you just <laughs> feel like a dick, don't you? Fr- you know what I mean? Yeah. Number one. Hope I'm not alone there. A friend, a London-based radio DJ. And then the rest just comes. I mean, that that's that should be the first slide on the PowerPoint. There you go. Mm. So I guess that's my answer, Mikey. It's just my career as a YouTuber in general. Um, yeah, I've done lots of great things. I've had an ex- experiences that are difficult to put into words or quantify. Um, but, you know, as proud as I am of it, I always feel a bit awkward talking about it in front of people. So... Yes, my entire career is <laughs> something I'm proud of, but don't have an excuse to talk about. What have we got next? Uh, Victor from Sweden says, Hi, Chris and Pete. This is probably more addressed to Chris. Sorry, Pete. Some time ago, I don't remember whether it was on a podcast or the YouTube channel, you mentioned a big project involving a documentary or an interview with one of Japan's biggest rock stars. And I think you said something about it releasing soon, but that feels like a long time ago now. How's it going with that project? It sounded really interesting, or sounded really interesting, rather. Uh, also, he goes on to slag off Coolish. I don't think you should ever email again, Victor. <laughs> <laughs> well, he says, And Pete, I was in Japan last year. I had a Coolish. It was awful, but the name is still great. There you go. Outrageous. Some criticism against Outrageous. your beloved cheap ice cream. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's a great point. Going back to the last question about what I'm proud of, I got to ha- I got to hang out with the biggest like rock star in Japan for a week mm. to make a kind of a documentary with him. Uh, but yeah, no, it's finished. It's completely finished, and it's it's great. I can't wait to show it to everyone. But we've got to clear the uh, music because we use a lot of copyrighted music from his kind of albums and whatnot. It needs to be cleared. Otherwise, if I upload it to YouTube, it'll just get obliterated, yeah. you know, because of all the copyrighted music. So it is coming out, I think at the moment we've got it set up for the second week of December mm. that I'm going to release it. So keep an eye out for that. It's quite long. It's, uh, what, it's the second longest video I've ever made. I think it's 25 minutes. Um, but it goes really quick. Mm. I found when I watched over it, it went really quick just because it's quite fast-paced. Lots of things happen. Natsuki has the best extended cameo 
anyone's ever done ever <laughs> like anywhere. It's just so good. Like Natsuki really makes the documentary go to the next yeah. level. So I can't wait to reveal that. But uh, yeah, keep an eye out. Second week of December, and I'll be making a big kind of song and dance about that in the weeks leading up to it. Oh, but that should be fun. Forward to it. Um, we've got one from Yori. From Yori, he says, Hi Chris and Pete, listening to the podcast on the train in the morning has been keeping me awake during the highly intensive uh, CELTA course that I've been doing this month, which has left me quite sleep deprived. CELTA means um, certificate in English teaching. Uh, on the plus side, I've met a lovely girl with an interest for Japan that is also taking the course. Ooh, that's a good incentive to keep mm. going. I'm currently trying to learn a bit of Bulgarian so I can ask her out on her native tongue after we finish up this week. Any tips that might make me more successful in getting that date? I'm sure you guys are pros at this. Yori. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Do you know uh, tips? Uh, dating? I mean, Bulgaria. Don't be on the man for the job. Like, um, I've never been to Bulgaria. I've been to Romania awesome. and... Um, hmm. What have you got? We're looking for dating tips. S- not, not your knowledge of Bulgaria. Serbia, Macedonia. There's sort of all those sort of places are pretty... Um, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how you would ask someone out. Um, uh, the only thing I'll be able to mention is the World Cup '94 team uh, of Bulgaria, Christos uh, Stoichkov and, and, and a lot, <laughs> and the rest of them. That's all I'd be able to talk about. Um, is it a bit much to learn I someone's native tongue to, to ask them work. out? I think that would probably. Would it, well, I don't know. It depends on what they're like, really, mm. doesn't it? I think it's quite a romantic idea. Yeah. Whether or not it goes down well, we'll, we'll, have, to <laughs> we'll find have to find out. out. Have to yeah. Let us know, Yuri. Do let us know, Yuri. I'm my advice. Interested. My advice is do what Japanese, like Japanese people, do mm. when they want to go on a date and just say, "Ah, oh, won't you teach me English?" Yes. Uh, that's how my my first date in Japan happened. Ah. And I genuinely thought, "Ah, oh, she wants to learn English," and we went and sat at this horrible family diner for three hours eating really crap microwave food mm. while I taught her rudimentary English phrases. And really, she just wanted to go on a date, but I didn't know that. Um, so do that. Take her to a family restaurant mm. and teach her some language and um, go, <laughs> go from language. there. Just learn from the Japanese. Two for two. Yeah, but don't make it look like a date. Yeah. Never make anything look like a date. Just make it look like a fun, friendly hangout, and then it's not awkward and weird. <laughs> That's my tip. Anyway. Good idea. Good work, Chris. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stresses. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. We got an email from Moritz from Hanover. Beautiful name, beautiful place. Uh, hey guys, first of all, thank you for the podcast. I enjoy listening to it while I'm on to on the way to university. Uh, a few months ago, I visited my girlfriend in Tokyo and went to Harajuku together. I was shocked and my uh, heart was broken when I saw that condomania had disappeared. You're probably holding back tears right <gasps> now, but what do you say to this disaster? Wow, I can't believe condomania is gone. I mean, it always looked a bit ramshackle, yeah, didn't, didn't it? I didn't realise it, um, it, it, it chipped off. It was there in June... So where's it gone? Was it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. What for for listeners who don't know what the hell condom mania mm. is, can you summarize what condom mania actually was? Imagine like a small uh is it is it bodega? It's like a bodega. Um you know it's like a bodega right. you see in like New York and like this it's like an off license. Uh that's just kind mm. of in the in the center of um a, a big crosswalk. And um yeah, and and it just sells condoms, which is very exciting. Very exciting indeed. They were like I remember it vividly because, mm. uh, like, if you're a foreign tourist in Harajuku, it's like the one shop you go in because all the clothes shops in Harajuku are the same. There's some nice coffee places, yeah. but Condom Mania, that was the place where everyone went. And it was like condoms of all colours, shapes, and sizes, patterns. It was rather surreal. I remember there was, yeah, I don't know if it's a good place to talk about what we saw in there, but it's a, it was an <laughs> interesting shop. It was kind of fun. The fact that you had this massive condom shop in the middle. <laughs> At the intersection, one of Japan's busiest intersections, yeah. it was just there in full, like, you know, you, there's no way you could miss it. Um, and I guess they got rid of that because maybe before the Olympics, it wouldn't have looked so good. Mm. I don't know. Um, it's a shame. <laughs> History forever gone. But um, Moritz also submitted um, some in- interesting mm. Japanese English he found along the way uh, on the paper bag of a coffee shop. It was like... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a paper bag in the coffee shop, and it reads, uh, "The image of the shop is a cafe. I like time in the cafe. The time of one cafe. The time of the cafe. That is with the friend. It is happy time. <laughs> the cafe visited for the first time throbs. The inside of <laughs> God. The inside of a store is slowly looked at. It is glad when there is a lovely discovery. A lovely discovery. 
May the this is this is so Good. bloody long. May the discovery delightful for you at Lattice is found. Mm. Lattice, Lattice. What have we learnt from this? Um, the coffee shop is called Lattice. Need, just need a proofreader. <laughs> <laughs> Do I don't think a proofreader can fix no. this. This is like it's all over the place. This isn't makes it? Natsuki look proficient at English. <laughs> this is pretty shocking. Oi, oi, oi. The cafe visited for the first time throbbed. <laughs> Sounds inspired by Condor Mania. Mm. Uh, we've got, <laughs> got one from Brandon mm. who says, What's up, Chris and Pete? My name is Brandon. I re- recently visited Japan for one month with my friend Tristan in August. One night, my friend and I were in Osaka looking for a place to eat pretty late. I believe it was around 11pm or so. We stumbled across this nice bar with a bunch of locals drinking and partying. Mm. We were given an English menu. and As we looked down at it, we saw the most awkwardly translated fried chicken dish we'd ever seen. Uh, and it reads, and it's just a picture of some fried chicken draped in, covered in some sort of mayonnaise-looking Blah. sauce. And <laughs> the text says, Deep frying things, chicken sour... Then barbarians, fly, <laughs> chicken sour. Then barbarians fly homemade tartar multiplication. What the f- uh, chicken sour? Then barb. It sounds like a story. Yeah. Chicken sour. It's not good, is it? Then barbarians fly homemade tartar multiplication. <laughs> um, I th- I can see the Japanese though. Mm. I think it's chicken chicken numbun fry. Chicken numbun is basically fried chicken with um, tartar sauce right, okay. on it. And that's essentially all it is. I don't know why Google Translate or whatever they use to translate this couldn't do that. It's pretty simple. <laughs> but yeah, another great example of uh, proofreading gone wrong it's, or not happened at it's all. It's a strange one, isn't it? It's a, it is a strange one. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, we have got an email from uh, Jamie from Seattle. Uh, greetings, Chris and Pete from Seattle. Love the podcast and both of our YouTube channels. Uh, he's including my uh, travel clickbait farts uh, channel. It, it, apparently, it's going to take the world by storm. Uh, also, thank you for making me look like a we'll crazy on person that. on my bus rides to work uh, because I always end up laughing out loud at something unexpected. I don't know whether you've uh, brought this up on the podcast before, but Chris, how did you meet Riotoro? Uh, and second question, uh, why do you call him Risotoro? Ooh, Jamie. <laughs> Dude. Do you know the answer to either of these questions? I, I think Risotero is doing a lazy nickname, but I don't know where you guys met. <laughs> lazy. 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 Lazy boys. That's a great nickname. Lazy boys. It's a great nickname. <laughs> Basically, I was, uh, well, with Risotero, I was at an Italian restaurant with him uh, making a video, and you can watch it. It's called uh, Escape to a Se- We Escape to a Secluded Mountain Temple or something like that. And basically, at the start of it, we went to an Italian restaurant, and I read out comments um, people have written about Riotero, and somebody referred to him as Risotero, and we were eating by sheer chance, by sheer luck. We were actually eating Risotero at the time, so yeah, it kind of stuck ever since then. Yeah. And um, well, it's easier to say than Riotero because Riotero is a tricky name. <laughs> like his friends just call him uh, his friends just call him Taro. Okay, oh, I can't. It just sounds weird. Taro. Taro. I like that. Uh, Riotero, Taro, Risotero, Risotero just sounds easier, mm, doesn't it? Definitely. <laughs> and how do I meet him? Uh, I met him through a venture capitalist. Oh, um, I went to a business event, a business startup weekend event, and I met a venture capitalist in Sendai, and he took me out for dinner in Sendai. Risotero was there, and uh, we just struck up a good friendship, and from there we just thought, oh, well, let's make some videos together. Risotero, I keep calling it, Risotero, um, he works in the tourism sector. He does like consulting for companies in Japan. Like he teaches them how to basically 
speak English and use English to encourage uh, foreign tourists to actually come and enjoy themselves there. And uh, he travels around Japan giving lectures and seminars. Mm. Um, but above all, you know, we just have a good like uh, rapport. There's not many Japanese folks I've met where I have that kind of rapport with them. I think mm. it helps that he lived in London and Seattle uh, and Dusseldorf and Sydney. So in many ways, a lot of his Japanese personality is not there. Mm. It was kind of overruled by his foreign personality. And I think that's why it works. If it was a Japanese person I was dealing with, I wouldn't feel as comfortable being the completely unpleasant person I am to him. Mm. You know, we always make fun of each other. We always tease each other. Um, he likes to pretend he's in Top Gear or something. Um, and, um, you know, that wouldn't work if it was just a normal Japanese person. Yeah, don't mind. Although I say that, you know, I've got Natsuki, but, uh, you know, Ryotaro, we just have that connection. So, yeah, that's it more than anything. Just have good rapport, thanks to the fact that he lived in London and he sounds a little bit British mm. and he sounds like Ryotaro. A rare, a rare situation of adventure capitalists bring joy to the people. <laughs> <laughs> By hooking you two up. He's a good venture capitalist. Um, Nice guy. Uh, James. James from Norco, California. Says, hi, Chris and Pete. Love the podcast. All of your great tips were very helpful on my previous trip to Japan this past January. My wife and I will be returning to Japan this upcoming April. The only thing we didn't do was go to a karaoke bar. I enjoy singing karaoke, but I prefer to be in front of a crowd. Really? <laughs> Why? It's a great way to bring strangers together. Okay, there's the explanation. Are karaoke bars in Japan only available with private booth rentals, or will I be able to find a bar with open seating with fellow karaoke singers? Mm. Many thanks, James from Norco. Uh, well, you famously uh, did karaoke in front of a group of people the first time we met in Japan, mm. right? Remember bit, that? A bit of David Boy, if I remember rightly, after Natsuki had, uh, I'm going to say, murdered the Clash. Um, but uh, yeah, th- th- those kind of bars are actually quite rare. You you see more like performance bars where um, there's like instruments and stuff, and you can go up and noodle and have a little sing song. But I've not seen that many bars mm. where you can just get up and do a bit of karaoke. Very weird. Very well, the main place to do it is in um, yeah, the main place to do it's in a hostess bar. You know, when you sit uh. around and you've got uh, girls sitting with you, pouring your drinks, lighting your cigarettes. That's the only place that I know of. Mm where you can actually really do it easily. But I don't particularly enjoy it, because A, when I sing in front of people in Japan, I always feel a sense of pressure. Mm. Because if you sing a song they know, like Oasis or The Spice Girls or Queen, uh, they love it, and they all sing and jump along, and everybody loves it. But if you just sing a song that you want to sing, which probably isn't famous, then nobody likes it. It's just a bit awkward and quiet. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't really enjoy it, to be honest. No. I prefer the private booths. But, uh, yeah, no, my advice, James, is, um, well, you'll have to pluck up some courage, I'm afraid, and dive into a hostess bar mm. or a snack bar somewhere, um, which are fun and a great experience and to themselves. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, it's a little bit tricky to find those mm. places unless you're willing to dive into hostess culture and be served lots of drinks and cigarettes and stuff Oof. but also if you're going with your wife or girlfriend mm. do you say he's going with his wife or got your yeah. wife that would be a little bit awkward i imagine yeah so probably best stick to the private booth <laughs> which are better in every way because you get free like loads of food all you can eat and all you can drink usually yeah delicious i didn't know that when we went to karaoke i didn't realize i was just drinking these little slush puppy things oh, yeah you do annoying <laughs> you fool <laughs> free drinks and you missed out. yeah never mind never mind 
Uh, we've got an email from uh, Gitano from uh, Pennsylvania, United States. Hi there, Chris and Pete. I'm planning on bringing my brother with me on a trip to Japan at the end of next year. However, we're concerned that his height at a whopping six, point, uh, six foot four is going to be a bit of an issue. Do you have any advice for really tall people vacationing in Japan? I mean, you want an exit or seat, don't you? That's just uh, that's travelling 101, isn't it? <laughs> well, I would say uh, don't use capsule hotels. I find they tend to be really kind of short. Mm. Um, trains are big I don't enough. think you'll have any nah. problems, though. Yeah, the trains will be fine. I don't, honestly, I don't think you'll have any problems, to be honest. Yeah. Just capsule hotels, best avoided. <laughs> uh, other than that, yeah, people might stare at you. Mm. I know my tall friends who are over six foot two often remark that lots of people comment on it they just you know because they do stand out by virtue of the fact that i think the average height in japan is 170 centimeters if you're a guy mm. so you are going to be a full 23 centimeters over the average height so don't be surprised if people stare at you a little bit but uh, other than that i think you'll be fine don't worry about it have a great time mm. be awesome sounds like katana's just boasting about yeah. his tall brother <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh got one from julie says hi chris and pete i've been listening to your podcast from the beginning and i continue to be a loyal fan Mm. of yours and japan woohoo i visited tokyo over a decade ago and see more of the country someday and i want to see more of the country someday sorry uh for now i wanted to ask what you think of the tv series uh midnight diner midnight diner uh tokyo stories it's on netflix I love it and I find the production and stories really charming. But are they reasonable depictions of what could happen in Japanese society? Mm. Arigato, Julie. Have you seen this Midnight Diner, Pete? I've not, no. But um, it's all based around like, one chef who's very... It's it's um, it's it's quite a weird. I've only seen one episode, so I can't really give too much commentary on it. What I will say is it was quite interesting. Mm. Basically, it's a show that's set at a little diner, the Midnight Diner, mm. Uh, which, as far as I can tell, appears to be somewhere in Shinjuku in Tokyo. And uh, this guy runs it, but he only runs it... I think he only starts opening the diner from midnight. Right. Uh, and so he gets loads of drunk people mm. or people that are coming in late night after work or heavy kind of night out. They come in and they just sit there and they eat ramen and they talk to him. And it's about how... It's about the little narratives and stories of the people that come into the bar, and uh, into the restaurant. Uh, the one I watched... Featured a radio DJ and a, <laughs> who is a famous actress. There's a radio DJ who came in, recognised someone in the bar who was once a famous actress, and it was just about them reminiscing on the show. And it's all right. It's a little bit. Um, it's quite nice, and um, I could see it being popular in a therapeutic way, mm. like that show. Uh, what's the one with the the house? Oh, um, the Japanese one. The house. house. No. Um, ah, God, what's it called now? Out of context. Something house. Trap. Terrace house. Terrace house. Terrace House. Uh, like with Terrace House, there's not a whole lot of drama, is there? No. It's just people in a room being nice and polite. Mm. It's not like Big Brother where people rip each other's faces off. Like um, Japanese TV seems to be, uh, doesn't seem to have many kind of, doesn't seem to have a lot of drama or tension, which is nice in some ways. But in others, I, fa- I found um, the first episode of Midnight Diner a little bit of a slog, a little bit anticlimactic. I, It was all right. Mm. It was kind of cool. And I can't really give any judgment until i've seen more episodes i don't judge a book by its cover well actually i do but i don't, I don't judge a tv <laughs> show by the first episode um so i, I watch, i'm definitely going to watch more i thought it was a really nice idea a really cool concept and it's on netflix if you want to check it out midnight diner tokyo stories you've got to go and watch it mm, fancy a bit of that you might you might enjoy yeah. it it's quite interesting i think it's like, to hear your thoughts it's, I think it's like one of those kind of shows that the problem with um it's a show that i would probably sort of be scrolling through my phone while it happens but the problem is obviously with um <laughs> Subtitle stuff you can't, so you got to 
give it your full attention. It looks all very charming True. from the trailer, though. Yeah, mm. well, it's quite an interesting show. It's quite something different. Um, the other Japanese show that's quite popular at the moment is Naked Director. Right. Naked Director, which is about the rise of um, Japan's most famous porn film director. Ah. Uh, I only watched two episodes of that, and again, I found some of the same problems. I found the script to be a little bit weak, but... Lots of my friends really enjoyed it, so I won't pass judgment again until I've watched a bit more. Mm. But uh, yeah, I, I just find it hard to get into Japanese dramas a lot of the time um, when there's so much really great English TV going on at the moment. Oh, yeah, so, don't mind. Yeah, I'll give it another shot though, and then before the next podcast, I'll watch it, and you and I can discuss Midnight Diner <laughs> next week when we're back again. Midnight Diner. Midnight Diner. But keep the stories, questions, comments coming into Abroad Japan Podcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back next Wednesday, guys, to do it all over again. But for now, no matter where you might be out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great week. Have a good one. Bye. Was a Stakhanov production. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.